The initials SME, which are supposed to stand for small and medium enterprises, may as well stand for some mystery evolving because it has been a struggle to figure out why banks and financial services don't step forward to help this demographic. Well, we've got some answers and some solutions on today's episode with Robin Smith, the Vice President North America at Mambu. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth, a learning experience platform that uses daily micro-learning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI, or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic, an NMD Plus podcast. If you are curious, NMD is based in London, England, and I'm here in Chicago, Illinois, coming to you from the Bankadelic Bunker. Lou Carlozo, your host. And boy, we have a treat today on the podcast, Robin Smith from a company I absolutely love, Mambu. Robin is the Vice President North America at Mambu, and there he leads the company's sales and business development efforts across the U.S. and Canada. Mambu helps banks and fintechs rapidly achieve objectives through its native cloud banking platform that makes superior customer service possible. Robin is now in his fourth decade of helping tech-based sales organizations soar. Robin, welcome to Bankadelic. Thanks so much. I appreciate the time that we get to spend together, man. Yes. And when I say I love Mambu, Cyrus Tahiri was recently on the podcast, the company's forward-thinking approach to financial services and software. I really enjoy spotlighting. Maybe you can bring us up to date in terms of what Mambu has been up to. Great. You know, one of the reasons why I love the Bankadelic podcast is it allows me to go psychedelic. I get to dust off my mushrooms and, you know, start to act like a 60s kid again. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Seriously. Great question, Lou. And I would tell you that across the globe, but particularly in North America, probably the thing that I would say represents Mambu is a very consistent year-over-year growth, very consistent year-over-year expansion of not just the capabilities of our solution, but also the types of customers that we're working with. You know, a year ago, if we'd had this conversation about North America, I would have been talking to you about seven clients. Today, I can talk to you legitimately about close to 20 clients in North America, and that's just within the last year. So fantastic growth, fantastic embrace of what we do from a solution standpoint, and in particular around areas such as 
the lending space and a lot of the activities that we're seeing there, both with traditional consumer lending type activities, but also especially with small and medium enterprises, small business lending now is just very, very hot topic in the industry and one that we've had a lot of you know engagement around and some great opportunities to work with. Now, I'm glad you brought up SME lending because during my time as a managing editor at BAI, I was pretty opinionated about this topic, saying that banks were moaning and groaning about, well, we have to cater to small businesses, and yet there was very little action to back up that talk. And when you got bankers in the smoke-filled room, they would say, well, you know, the margins are just too narrow for us to want to do anything. I thought that is a closed-minded attitude. It is so great to see that Mambu is doing something there. Tell us a little bit about what your approach has been in terms of serving this demographic so important to financial services. Yeah, it's interesting to bring up the smoke-filled room and the way bankers talk about small business. And I think it's in large part because most traditional financial institutions continue to try and Think about small business, whether it's small business banking or small business lending more specifically, they continue to think about it in the traditional way that they treated that market segment. They look at it and they say, well, what were the organization's revenues over the last five years? What was their profitability over the last five years? How many employees do they have? You know, so they have these parameters that they've set up around, you know, quote unquote, small business that are out of sync with what the market's doing. Everybody prognosticates on small business, especially in this pandemic, post-pandemic world. The number of entities considered small businesses now is exploding quarter over quarter. And they don't look like small businesses of the past. You know, you may have your next door neighbor and his wife building some craft in their garage that they're selling via Etsy and doing quite well with something like that. And that would technically be a small business but yet traditional banks don't look at it that way. They don't look at that type of community as a company or an organization that needs you know, all of the same things that a traditional small business needs. They need deposit relationships. They need lending credit type relationships. They need all of the same services that banks have traditionally provided to small businesses, but yet they don't profile, they don't look like what a traditional bank would look at as being a small business client. Now, on the other hand, you'll talk to any bank in the country and you'll find small business to be one of their top priorities. And it's because a small business relationship is very sticky, right? Once you secure a small business relationship as a traditional bank, you generate deposit relationships, generate credit relationships, you generate ancillary service relationships. They'll stay with you forever. And yet they're missing the mark on identifying really what that market segment is. It sounds like if I'm hearing you correctly, Robin, there is in large part this idea that many financial institutions now need to revise their definition of what a small business is while also taking into account the many, many services that these people need and they're eager to seek out that relationship and be loyal. That These are two things really that change the landscape entirely. Well, yeah. And if you look at a traditional financial institution, you know, one of the key metrics that they are always looking at is non-interest income, right? Fee income, all the things that are outside of what they can generate a loan for, what they can pay for deposits, right? They're constantly focused on non-interest income. 
And that's one of the avenues that small business brings, right? Is small businesses will pay for the services they need incremental to the loan or deposit relationship. And the banks have those services to offer. That's where they get caught. You know, they have a market segment that they know is important, but they get caught in not being able to look at it on a broader basis. And so whether it's the services, whether it's the scope of the services, but really then the third area is how quickly can they move? Small businesses don't want to move slow, right? Small businesses don't want to face a four to six to eight week turnaround time on a credit decision. And right now, especially in the space that Mambu plays well in, as far as with fintechs and non-bank lenders, you've got people that are turning around credit decisions in 24 to 36 hours, right? 24 to 48 hours. People that are you know, making rapid credit decisions for a small business and they aren't beholden to the credit criteria of the past. They're looking at new and innovative ways to assess you know, the credit needs of a small business. When you get in there and talk to potential clients who may not understand exactly what's going on, but they know things are changing, what's the message that you're trying to get across? Let's separate the market a little bit, right, into the clients that we talk with that are traditional regulated financial institutions, you know, versus the non-banks, the fintech lenders, because we have a different conversation depending on which segment of that market we're talking to. So if I'm talking to a traditional financial institution, it's getting them to recognize that the keys to the kingdom for them are really understanding the amount of data that they have that they aren't using to be able to really pursue that small business segment. So I look at things like take somebody that has just graduated from medical school, that's gone through their internship, that's gone through all the things that you have to go through to establish a medical practice. That person probably comes to the table with some amount of student debt. They come to the table with not a lot of ongoing regular cash flow that is predictable based on the previous four years, five years of tax returns. You know, they're starting a practice. What do they need? They need equipment, they need facilities, they need all of the things that a traditional medical practice does, but they also need to buy a house, right? Because they're trying to start the family, they're trying to do all those other types of things. And what I try to get across to a traditional financial institution is, instead of looking at your historical decision-making criteria for those types of opportunities, look at earnings potential, look at the next 10 years, look at what kind of information can you draw from a historical data perspective that allows you to make a credit decision for that medical practice or for that practitioner that makes it easy for them to do business with you, but is looking at it over a much longer term. And most of the time in those traditional financial institutions, all of their technology support is siloed, it's legacy. And so the opportunity that they have, and there's some great examples of this, some that aren't Mambu customers, but they have a great opportunity to look at the world differently and to pursue those kinds of market segments with a different mindset. So for a traditional bank, it's how could they potentially set up a speedboat type of challenger type organization that can be nimble, that can be fast, that can look at alternative credit data, that can look at long-term customer value, you know, and make a different kind of credit decision, make a different kind of relationship decision that's gonna pay off for them in the long run. That's the discussion that we have with traditional financial institutions. And I'd say many of them are getting there. Right. You see efforts by folks like KeyBank, as an example, and KeyBank's not a Mambu customer, but I call them out because I think they're doing some really good, aggressive plans in that area to try and advance that type of an approach. When you talk to the other segment, the non-banks, the fintechs, the non-bank lenders, it's really all about speed, right? 
It's all about how they can mobilize something quickly, how they can go after that niche you know, with a different mindset, how they can turn around credit decisions faster, and how do they then grow those relationships over time. So it's really depending on which side of that divide you're on, we have different conversations. I'm so glad you mentioned the word relationships. I'm just wondering where you think all of this technology stands right now. What an incredible period we had during the pandemic. The figure that keeps getting bandied about, I don't see any reason to debate it, is we made seven years of progress in that first year of the pandemic. But with that all winding down, maybe the initiative, the push to keep the technology moving forward has backed off a bit. Where do you see things headed in the next year? So I do agree with that statement that we've accelerated activities and technology investments as a result of the pandemic. But I think what's happened is that behaviors are changing on both sides of the equation. From a provider standpoint, we are having to become much more attuned to how do we enable our clients to digitize the entire customer experience from the outreach and solicitation of new customers to securing them as a client, to servicing them as a client, you know, all of those activities that organizations have traditionally been able to function absent necessarily a digital enablement, those days are gone, right? If you aren't looking at a digital strategy across every aspect of your engagement with a customer, I think you're going to be coming in second place quite a bit. And you have to be able to do that at its speed of light, right? That's not going to change because I think the behaviors have changed of consumers and businesses where the expectation is now that I can do it on my phone, I can do it on my iPad, I can do it in my pajamas, you know, I can do it anytime, anywhere, 24 by 7. That's a behavioral change that is going to continue to shape the future. I think for financial institutions, again, non-bank or bank, the key decision they have to make is where am I going to spend money? Am I going to spend money on building and maintaining commoditized solutions that require updating or even transforming legacy systems but just carrying it forward? Or am I going to spend the money on the customer experience? And I was with a client earlier this week, a tier one client who's announced investment of 4,000 people in the next year to do nothing but focus on the digital experience of their customers. These are 4,000 technologists that they're hiring. Where do you spend that money? Where do you deploy those resources? And I think it's got to be against the current way of operating, not the past. And that's the way they're viewing it is, why would I invest in upgrading or updating a legacy ledger system versus putting my money on the front end where I meet the customer and improve the customer experience? So I think, yes, it's changed. I think it's going to continue to evolve. What you're going to see is just an increasing investment in all things that touch the customer. And then how do I get myself out of this legacy world where I'm bound to a set of old ways of doing business? Wow. You just helped Bankadelic get out of the legacy world of mediocre podcasts. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. What a great conversation today. And I know, Robin, your schedule was a very busy one. So appreciate that you were able to make the time, come on the podcast. We are Mambu fans here at Bankadelic, and we hope to do this again soon. Absolutely. Happy to join. And anytime you can tap us to help you out, we'll be more than happy to do it. Thanks a lot, Lou, for your time. 
fabulous Robin Smith is the Vice President North America at Mambu. He is based in the Orlando area. Be sure to look for Robin on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services, which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q U O N. T-I-C-Bank.com. Whoa, <laughs> Robin Smith. Man, does he have a good deal going with Mambo. But there is definitely room at the table for one more similar business. Because if there is a Mambo, then you've got to have a... Welcome to Dad Boo. The first and only platform in financial services that offers DJAAS, Dad Jokes as a Service. Here's how it works. Tell enough dad jokes through our artificial intelligence algorithm and you will be driving people away so fast they'll pay you money to stop. A duck walks into a pharmacy. A duck! He says, give me some chapstick and put it on my bill. <laughs> I was at the bowling alley the other day, and I rolled a gutter ball. Then I rolled another gutter ball, and oh, I started crying my bowling ball. <laughs> What's this he say about an algorithm? You need music for that, like an algorithm and blues. <laughs> if you can't get enough of our dad jokes... There's something wrong with you, and if you had too much of our dad jokes, we'll fork over the dough, and we might just stop, because at the end of the day, we are serious about not being funny. We are Dad Boo. And now, make 
Psychedelic presents Three Bullseyes. Number one. Most traditional financial institutions, they continue to think about it in the traditional way that they treated that market segment. You know, so they have these parameters that they've set up around, you know, quote unquote, small business that are out of sync with what the market's doing. Number two. Small businesses will pay for the services they need, incremental to the loan or deposit relationship. And the banks have those services to offer. You know, they have a market segment that they know is important, but they get caught in not being able to look at it on a broader basis. Number three. So for a traditional bank, it's how could they potentially set up a speedboat type of challenger type organization that can be nimble, that can be fast, that can look at alternative credit data, that can look at long-term customer value and make a different kind of credit decision, make a different kind of relationship decision that's going to pay off for them in the long run. And now, lose views. Because I've heard the opposing argument so many times, I am going to repeat the assertion I made earlier today on the podcast, which is that financial institutions have traditionally ignored and even rebuffed small to medium-sized enterprises as a customer demographic that needs the servicing and resources that banks could otherwise provide. Well, times are changing, and To amplify the point Robin Smith made on today's podcast, how we define a small to medium-sized enterprise has definitely gone through a revolution. Many people are starting these businesses not so much even in their garages, but their spare bedrooms. One person, two persons. That sort of reality is something that banks need to catch up with just as much as banks had to catch up with the technological lag that the pandemic forced on everybody. Off mic, Robin talked to me about the idea that if you attract enough of these customers and serve them well and keep them for long periods of time, you're talking about even at narrow margins, really creating an explosive boost to the bottom line. But there's another side to that, and that's making sure that these customers are indeed served, that financial institutions reach out to form partnerships that help them answer the crucial questions of how to grow and how to succeed. Because let's face it, many entrepreneurs, myself included, started during the pandemic, and we didn't start out necessarily with the conclusion that we were going to be successful business people. We were just trying to hang on and find something for ourselves to do with limited physical contact and limited options. People like Robin Smith are leading the way. Let's hope that the rest of the industry catches up and SMEs become part of the core reason banks are successful. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and someday on my Vaudeville YouTube channel. Rink-a-dink-dink-in. Until next time. So long.
Frankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago and Austin, Texas.